This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. Soul Sour is our beloved Black History Month brew, and we've been making it for three years now. It's a limited release, but has a never-ending mission. It is crafted in collaboration with black brewers, artists, and changemakers. And by the way, 100% of Soul Sour's profits are donated to organizations that help break down barriers in the brewing industry. One of those recipients being the Sacred Heart University Brewers Scholarship Fund. And the recipient of that fund this year is Rodney Woodard, the guest of today's podcast episode. And we sat down with Rodney to hear his story, how he found a passion for craft beer, where that started, because he grew up in an area that, you know, craft wasn't big, rural Texas. And so it's a really fascinating journey of how he ended up in Connecticut going to this university. And it's going to be something that can inspire all of us because it's taking a chance on himself. It's following a dream, a passion that he's always had that others saw in him before he even did himself. And so it's a beautiful story. Rodney's an amazing storyteller. And so it was honestly just a lot of fun sitting down with him and talking through all this. And if you would like to try this amazing beer of blueberry, lemon, and mango that boasts a richness of flavor and culture with a sweet nose and crisp body and slightly sour finish. And yes, I am talking about Soul Sour. It is all this wrapped in one, vibrant and bright and smooth and tart. It's available at athleticbrewing.com. Get it shipped right to you and satisfy your ears and your taste buds at the same time, baby. And let's go ahead and jump into this story. Full of soul, and some sour too. But hey, that comes with the journey. Hey folks, welcome to Without Compromise. You heard a little of Rodney's story in the intro. Rodney Woodard, welcome to Without Compromise. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, Mason Gravely. How are you doing today? (laughs) (laughs) Doing great, man. Doing great. It's a beautiful day down here. We were talking about that a little bit. It's a little cold where you are. Where are you coming from? Man, right now I'm in uh, Connecticut, and um, I'm in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and it's uh, 38 degrees here, and it feels like 31. So, you know, just trying to wrap, uh, trying to stay wrapped up and keep my mind, you know, thinking warm thoughts. Now I've been so used to years of thinking, thinking cool thoughts in Texas. Now I have to have to change my way of thinking and think warm thoughts up here. Oh man, that you know that I want to ask about that now. I see a lot of your experience. You were in Texas, Houston, all all around Texas. But is that where you're from, Texas? Yeah, I'm from uh, from Texas. I'm from Houston. Uh, I was born. I was born in Belleville, Texas. Hour from Houston, maybe about an hour and a half from Houston. On the on the east side of Houston, uh, went to Tice Elementary, went to Cunningham Middle School, and then went to North Shore. They were all all on the east side of town. Uh, my high school, they just went to the playoffs. Um, they lost. But, yeah, but the fact that they beat that same team three consecutive years in a row. <laughs> and wow. then to lose, not to beat them the fourth, you know. Um, so it was kind of like, hey, <laughs> you know, they kind of built that. They built up something. 
And so it was just neat watching the game, but it's just neat being able to see classmates and their kids growing up and going back to the school and, and playing sports and stuff like that. Um, I still keep in touch with um, with friends that, that went to school there with me as well. So, so yeah, man, it still holds a, a place uh, near and dear to my heart, especially with me being up here away from family. Um, I find every opportunity that I can uh, share in the moments, like watching football with family or something like that. I always oh, share stuff. So, so what'd you grow up doing in Texas? Uh, you know, it, it, cause I was going to say, if you grew up in Belleville, that's, that's a little town, man. I want to know what that was like. Small town. I'm from a small town and it's interesting. It can be interesting, but you know, growing up in Houston is, you know, I know football's big in high school. Did you grow up doing all that stuff? Yeah. So I grew up, um, yeah, playing, I started off in, uh, in little, in literally playing, uh, soccer. I started off at the wild playing soccer. <laughs> that was that was fun. That was fun until it was like I fell in love with football. And so I played football in um through middle school and high school. Wasn't anything special, but um because I didn't realize my true potential then. I didn't realize that till like, you know, 10 years down the road after after college. It was like, oh, I can lift weights and get bigger. Oh, okay. I can like exact like put my mind to this and I can get better. Okay. So, you know, I just wanted to have fun, but, um, but no, it, it taught me, it, it definitely taught me a lot and just growing up in my childhood, it, it um, I can honestly say that it made me the man that I am today and the struggles and just always having a positive spirit um, throughout it all. Um, I, I can honestly say that I learned that as, as a kid is just always being positive, you know? Absolutely. You're a pretty positive guy. I know we've bowled together. You sure bowling wasn't part of your past too? Because because uh, you're a pretty good bowler. Hey, hey, you know what, man? So I went to a junior college um, in Terrell, Texas. Went there and um, I took bowling. And the the professor was like, or the coach was like, okay, what do y'all want to do? Do y'all just want to come here and just 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 throw the ball around, or y'all want to actually learn? And so we were like, well, we want to learn, and so. Then he, um, we went to get the ball. We got our uh, specific balls for our speed and and everything like that, man. So so just learning how to, uh, just learning the art of bowling. Um, so I kind of, you know, it's like riding a bike. Once you learn, you can't never, you can't never lose it. And so, um, so yeah, that was uh, that was the extent of my bowling career. Uh, my highest score that I ever bowled was like a two seventeen. I was wondering why you're so good at bowling. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I think you won that game. I was actually in a, a group of pretty good bowlers. You being like the best bowling, football, and Texas. We've got that covered, and and a little bit about what what's been going on there with you. When did you get interested in craft beer? It's, was that early on, or was that kind of later? How, how did that get introduced to you? Because um, I don't know. I'm from the South too, and I, I feel like I didn't really discover craft beer till well into adulthood. Well, man, um, for me, I fell in love with craft beer. Um, one of my uncles has has since passed away, but um, he was always into cooking and everything. He loved to barbecue and um, introduced me to this beer. It was a honey brown ale and it was sweetened with honey. And oh, my God, it was like it was just a phenomenal beer. And so I began to to search for different like different beers that were just just something that stood out to me and so i started going to the um going to this liquor store called specs specs downtown in houston 
And when you go to this store, um, their beer section is, is, is pretty vast. But back then, craft beer was it really, I'll say 2011, 2012, 2010, craft beer was, it was it was big everywhere else, but in Texas, it wasn't, um, it wasn't really big. So beers that are flying off the shelf now, they were just sitting on the shelf collecting dust. I mean, like literally, like these beers would have dust on them because um, nobody knew what they were, you know? But yeah, man, so yeah, I got, I would say about 2010, 2011, 2012, around that era, around that time, I got introduced into craft beer and, I haven't looked back. Um, I haven't looked back since. What you know, other than that honey beer, were there other things that really just started to interest you within craft beer? Like just maybe maybe the variety that it involved, because you know, being in Texas, I know light beer is a big thing, and I don't know. Growing up, maybe that felt like the only option. You know, it it, it did. I mean, but but the one thing I can say is is back in the day, I did drink. Uh, malt liquor and things like that, like a blue bull, uh, red dog, um, just things like that. Cause that was, that was what was marketed to the black community. You know I mean? It was like, Hey, you want to be like Billy D Williams and drink Coke 45 or some, <laughs> or, or things like that. So kind of growing up, having my palate on that level and then being introduced to other things, it, it caused me, like I said, that honey Brown. And then after the honey Brown, it caused me to start searching for like um, IPAs. So like dogfish head, um, L for off-centered people. I mean, to being able to read the bottle and knowing knowing exactly what they said, you know, that was that was the thing. That was the thing I always loved during uh, when you're drinking a beer is to be able to read the bottle. Now I have to read the bottle while I'm drinking out of the glass now because I, I do I do prefer drinking out of the glass now. But uh, but no man, it is the craft beer to see to see how it's um, how it's evolved to see the different flavors that craft beer continues to introduce um, to the world. Cause um, I think as craft beer goes, so does people's palate or as people's palate goes, so does craft beer. Um, so with that being said with everyone, I know in Houston, the food scene is really big. So a lot of people, um, I think um, that's a, a great opportunity to be able to introduce beer um, to people. Mm, that's a great point. A lot of places it is food driven, you know, maybe Memphis or Nashville or, or St. Louis, it's, it's barbecue led and like what beer pairs well with that. Uh, I could see that. I could, that that's a great point. Um, now, personally, it looks like you were uh, really, this wasn't your career. Of course, this was a passion of yours on the side. Um, you did a lot uh, in the financial world, financial analyst, for a number of companies, what, what when did this grow into the point that you you wanted to maybe make it a bigger part of what you're doing with your career and not just a passion? Uh, because you have so much experience in so many different companies, it seems like quite a jump. Then you know, I can honestly say, um, being in those industries, it helped kind of fuel my. Um, it helped fuel like my, my drive for craft beer. I mean, because of that. Um, so the companies that I worked for, because I was a, a financial analyst, but I was also an accountant and bookkeeper and on a contract basis. So that allowed, that afforded me the opportunity to go through multiple companies um, and see how every department really worked. But on top of that, I'm a people person. So I got to meet people from all over um all over Houston, but not only that, but all over the world, because we would have um, bases in um, uh, 
uh, uh, companies in other in other states. And so I would find people there and I would actually start getting them to ship me beers and I would ship them beers. <laughs> I would ship them beers. And so learning FedEx schedule, UPS, all that, getting a, a manager. Uh, um, they had like a, a FedEx manager to where you could take control of your packages. And so that was the thing for me, man, was um, was being able to to get now being able to get those um, different beers. And that's what I use. That's what I use the company for. So not use them for that but, but that that was one that was one of the perks is uh just being able to to travel the world but still be behind my desk and in, meeting people and they're like oh you're finding out about the people that were in the other areas and finding out they were in the craft beer so cr- just creating a um a bond to where i started shipping beers um that way and just fell in love so it's always been you asked me said when it's always been there man i, I was speaking to a um, a friend of mine, I told her what I was doing about this beer journey that I was doing. And she said, still chasing that dream, I see. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, Rodney, everybody knew that you loved craft beer, like forever. That's all you ever talked about. And I said, no, sh-. I said, well, nobody ever told me that. You know, so this lets me know, man, that everybody has known my passion. I just didn't. I didn't know it. And so... Now that I know it, I can walk in it. And now I know who I am, you know, for so many years, like I said, being a financial analyst and accountant, selling cars, working in a grocery store. I mean, the list goes on because it feels like I was, was I good at those jobs? Could I do it? I understand numbers and everything. Yeah, I was cool, but I felt like it was always something more. And this, this is something more craft beer. It, it I know that it can give me the, the reach that I want, the the effect on change and, and just being able to um, travel the world like I want to do. And I know the craft beer is able to make that happen. It sounds like you have a really good understanding of a lot of different things with business from finances to being a people person to now shipping and fulfillment, you know, exchanging beers. Like that's hilarious that that's all teaching you about the the industry kind of in a roundabout way. And now you're learning the actual brewing of the beer and how that operates. Is that, is that been probably like a gap in your knowledge before this program? You know, Mason, that that's always been the gap. You know, I've had people coming to me that, that want to invest and they're like, this is years, years, years ago. And they were like, Oh man, that's great. You're so passionate in the beer. So do you know how to brew? I was like, no, they're like, do you know how to run a business? Uh, a beer business? I said, no. They said, well, do you know how to do this? I was like, no. And I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking about it. It's like, man, they're actually, it feels like I'm being interviewed. Like this person is really interested in what I'm doing. Maybe if I'm able to inspire this one stranger that I just met and he, they're, they're asking me all these multiple questions, maybe, I, maybe I'm on to something. And so, man, it was... Um, to be able to be here right now and to learn and to learn that craft beer is science. I mean, like my major was computer engineering technology, you know, so having the aptitude and understanding of, um, of math and science, that, that's, that, that's what it is, right? When you can understand the numbers then you can come up, you can even go so far as to plan a recipe, you know, when you know numbers, because the numbers, the numbers, you can build a, a grist build, and that'll, and you can create the beer that you want or that you 
thought you wanted, you know? And so that's what I love about it, man. It's, it's being able, and I can honestly say that I didn't know all those things that I did 15, 20 years ago, I didn't know that it was preparing me for now. You know, I know that um, I'm a strong believer in God and I've always prayed and I always known that he would take care of me. But when they say that he's like, he's awesome. I mean, for, for, for me to do all those things. And now I can say, perfect example, I can fillet any fish. I mean, I know that's a minute detail, but I can fillet any fish. I know how to pair fish and, and other meats with beer. Um, and that was just something that I've always had a love for, but to be able to work at a grocery store and being able to have firsthand on how to do those things, man, I, I wouldn't have been able to to tell you that. Um, yeah, that that would have come in handy later. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, so, yeah. Dang, Ronnie, that is amazing. So saying this this was a gap in the experience or your knowledge and this program existed, how do you hear how did you hear about the program? How'd you hear about athletic uh we'll start there and my second question will follow up is what did you think about athletic when you first heard about non alcoholic craft beer? I'm sure that was so, I mean that's that, there's always mixed reactions. So I'm going to switch it up on you. So I'm going to start from that reaction and then go back. Okay. okay? And so, so with that one, man, I was like, man, ain't drinking no non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> Who wants to drink some non-alcoholic beer? I want to get something for my, I want to get something for the calories. So COVID happens. And um, I wanted to make sure that I was in the right mind, right frame of mind. And I wasn't drinking any alcohol because I was living with my grandmother and I just wanted to make sure that I was, that I was focused. Cause you know, we didn't know what COVID was. We, we didn't know what COVID was. They, they, were, they were telling us all this stuff on TV and online. So, so it ended up happening, man. I found the NA section in, um, in the grocery store. And so someone was like, man, you gotta try this. You gotta try this non alcoholic beer. And so I, um, I got to run wild and um, I was like, man, okay. Because it, it gave me that same, it was able to stimulate my taste buds with the, car, soft, with the soft carbonation, but also with the malt profiles in there. I was like, man, this is, this is everything I need. Okay, cool. So I did, so I drank Athletic for about 30 straight days. It was no, so no, no alcohol or anything like that. Just drank Athletic. And it was kind of like, man, I felt like God was preparing me for something because I had said that I wasn't going to drink non-alcoholic beer. But for me to drink it right now and, and be able to appreciate it, I was like, man, I said, I feel like I've arrived. Right. I feel like I'm ready for whatever, for whatever the next step God is preparing me for. So fast forward about three months after about three months after about a year. Fast forward about a year after I got introduced to in, in 2019 to athletic. And so um, I'm online sitting in the office and uh, at home and I'm researching. Um, I'm seeing um, diversity in craft beer. I'm researching and I'm looking for the statistics that say, hey, these states say they want to further promote diversity in craft beer. And so if a state says that, then I know that they have to put money towards it, right? Or so that's the only way you can change is when you put money towards it. But come to find out, I had a list of about, yes, a list of 15 states, but I only need to stop at five <laughs> because I started researching and I was like, 
uh, diversifying craft beer. Then I started coming across programs mm-hmm. and I found uh, the Sacred Heart program. It was like, okay, do I want to do this? And I was kind of like, man, you know what? Forget this, man. I'm not, I'm not about to, I'm not about to do this. I'm not about to waste my time. That's a, that's a big had, jump from what you're doing in your life. I mean, that'd be moving and jumping into a whole new career. You know, man, it, it, it really is. But I realized that um, I had been comfortable. I had been too comfortable for too long. And being comfortable, it wasn't giving me that sense of satisf- satisfaction that I wanted in life, you know? And so um, when I found this program, I researched it. And to be honest with you, I wasn't even going to apply. I wasn't even going to apply because I was like, man, I ain't going to get this. And um, I got up from the desk, got up from the desk in the office, and I'm passing a mirror. As I pass the mirror, I stop and look at the mirror, and I'm like, what are you doing? Isn't this everything that you ever wanted? Like, yeah. What's the, what's, what's the chances that you ended up getting the scholarship? What's the chances? Come on. So I'm, I'm, this is me having a conversation with myself. I said, come on, let's sit back down and let's finish this. 15 to 20 minutes later, finish the process, finish the process applying. Cause I had, mind you, Mason, I had everything that I needed because I was, uh, I was looking for other jobs cause I was actually looking for a career change. And so I had my transcripts, I had everything that I needed. And so it was like, I didn't realize that that was God's plan. You know, I had everything. I thought I was looking for me, but for me, but I, I can actually say when it came time for me to apply, it was like, everything was easy. It was like, Two weeks later, I got the call from uh, from Sacred Heart. They were like, "Hey, congratulations! You you've been accepted, or you've applied, and we got your we got your transcript, and we got everything." They said, um, "The only thing is, it's not online." They said, "It's in person." I said, "Okay." I said, "This is a Catholic university, right?" She said, "Yeah," and I said, um, "Okay, well, you know who God is." I said, "Let's do it." I said, this, this is just, this is you on my end of my phone. I know that I'm going to be there whenever school starts. Mind you, I hadn't even got accepted. I hadn't even been in the program. I hadn't even done any of that yet. But I knew, I knew when she called me, I knew that I was going to be here. Wow. Um, wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That is awesome. Well, I, I, I tell you what, that's uh, quite a, quite a step of faith. For you, just to say, hey, I'm going to make it happen. Were you nervous about coming to a place you've never lived before? Very much so, man. Um, but, you know, I, I drove here. It was 28, 29 hours. And so just driving here, um, I actually made a, a stop. My first stop was, um, was in Arkansas, in the Ozarks. And so I went to this brewery called Gravity Brewing and I met a husband and wife there and we just started talking, drinking the beers. And um, I started, they said, tell me about the beer. And I told them about the beer and they were like, oh man, you sound like you're ready for school. (laughs) And and for me now, if I was to go back now, of course, I'd be able to talk a little bit more expensive about the beer and the, the nuances and the malts and things. But um, that was kind of like how my journey started, right? And so I get on over here and it's just been uh, my first day when I first got here, I ended up going to um, Samuel Adams. I ended up going to Boston because they did a collaboration with Elisa um, from Rhythm Brewing. Ended up going up there, man. So I was like, when I got up here, I was like, I belong. 
I belong, you know? Okay, do I know the streets? No, but I got GPS, you know, I got GPS. And I, I don't, I never have, I, my, my philosophy is you never meet a stranger. I just meet people that I don't know yet, you know? Cause we all, we all come from the same place. We all have the same soul. We, we have a spirit, whether it's good or bad, but that shines through. You know, and so things like that, man. I, I don't um so I I didn't um was I kind of nervous coming up here first? Yeah, I was, but now it's like I pinch myself. It almost feels like a, a dream. The fact that and, um I'm here, I'm here getting to learn, getting to learn my passion, man. That's how many people can say that they actually get to do that, you know? Man, I tell you what, yeah, that's uh around here probably more than than, than usual, but yeah, it's not it's not common not common in a lot a lot of parts of the world so well tell me tell me what you've been learning as far as uh not just what you've been learning but what has been most surprising to you about the brewing process or something that has really either been surprising or fascinating or 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 one of the more exciting aspects to you hey one of the most surprising aspects is how beer is how it can be scientifically um process right um it's it's almost like i say beer is like life every step of your life um you can measure it you can say hey um am i where i need to be you you compare it to the curriculum of this program that i'm in you know am i going along am i producing am i passing making the grades needed it's just like life and that's what's so fascinating about me to me is that every step of the way when you're brewing beer, you can measure every aspect of it to say, okay, I'm on target. This is what I need to do. This is how the beer is going to come out. And that's what's, that's what's the most fascinating thing about it is that, man. It's just having a passion to get it right. You know, because when you can measure something, you can get it right. That's the thing. If you can't measure it, then you can just bang, 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 bang. Just, 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 just shoot all over, just shoot all over mm-hmm. and never get it right. But beer you can actually get it right. And what's right, it's what's palatable to the customer um, or yeah, to the customer when when they're sitting there drinking it. You know, I want to be able to meet people where they are in in life. And so I want to be able to do that same thing in beer. And that's the thing that's most fascinating about it is being able to talk to people. I don't even have to talk to you about about beer to know what you like. You know, I can talk about food, we can talk about <laughs> everything else things that you don't like before we ever talk about beer and i can i can sit something in front of you and say here drink this you'll like it just by hearing about people's lives yeah because you know it depends on where you grew up like like coming up here it's allowing me to see the the way flavors travel or the way flavors don't travel Hmm. right like um um spice spice comes up here to connecticut but not it's sporadic but down south spice and just flavor is is throughout you know so you can see i can see i can see it travel you know that's why when i'm here while i'm here in the 13 colonies that's what i call it yeah i'm in connecticut but i'm in the 13 colonies man i'm in i'm in where america originated you know so um what 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 do you think my my um beverage of choice is when i'm not drinking beer i don't don't (laughs) even know i don't even know What, what what is it Tea, baby. Tea. tea. Okay, tea. I mean, what, what else would it be? I'm in the 13 colonies. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking like, what did they drink back then? Eggnog? I don't know. <laughs> tea. That yes. makes sense. That tea. makes sense. Yeah. Um, I've always been in the teas. 
You know what? I, I guess I can't say that I am getting passionate about teas just because I know that Bigelow Tea is over here. But um, but just always loving, enjoying tea. Um, I have an aunt that makes that has her own tea tea business. Wow. And so um, yeah, it's called Nets Tea, and she makes all different kinds of teas. And so just being able to um, perfect example. I had a hibiscus tea, hibiscus or sorrel or whatever the name you want to use for it. But I had that type of tea about, say, two years ago. Well, I get here and I have a hibiscus beer. And um, I was able to point out the hibiscus, but it, it tasted like it had the flower and everything in it as well. And someone's like, man, you like it? I said, I love it. Because I got introduced to it when my aunt was making tea. So so just just like I said, man, just being able, just like enjoying life and just loving being i love the the creativity of of whatever it is you know i love the creativity so so being able to come over here and um indulge in tea that's that's like that's what i want whenever whenever somebody says we have water we have coffee do you have tea they're like we have plenty of tea but that's the thing they always offer me coffee before they offer me tea and then they have a cupboard full of, of tea you know because people don't realize that that's I try to I try to stay away from um, from coffee from caffeine as much as possible because I like to you know be my own stimulant you know I like to pay attention to everything that's going on around me so like that be your do own I stimulant and coffee yes I do wow I love that be your own stimulant you know if you zoom out on your career after this program and, and this internship when you zoom out a few years or however long what what is it that you ultimately want to do with what you've learned here at Sacred Heart University <laughs> what i would say one of the main things that i want to do is um to share my passion around the world you know and, and to do that by I have a passion for food, people, and I want to be able to bring those together. And, and so being able to do that all over the world by bringing uh, brew pubs, you know, yeah, I would love to have I would love to have my first brew pub in Houston area. Um, but then being able to go from there and open up brew pubs all over the world to where I'm I'm um uh, providing i'm serving the communities wherever i am but on top of that i am introducing them the communities to beer that they didn't know that they needed to drink providing opportunities to the communities that they didn't know that they they didn't know that they were lacking and things like that so so that's a passion of mine man i I realized coming up here i have the ability to, to to lead people and so being able to build a team around me to make this, to be able to implement this, this, uh, this opportunity and this business venture that I want to do. I know that, um, yeah, I, I know that that's, that's my main, that's one of my main focuses. There are a few other things that I want to do, um, as well as bring the education back with me, um, to Texas, um, to where I can teach some other, have the opportunity to, um, educate other, black people brown people or people that are just looking to learn beer um they say hey we want to we we see roddy doing this hey we want to be able to do it too mm-hmm. and that's what i want to be able to do is to is to offer that opportunity just like it was offered to me that's awesome.
Can't wait to see what you do with that. And uh, that's awesome, man. Well, uh, well, let's jump into rapid fire. I got like six or seven questions. Don't have to be one word, but can be just, you know, a sentence or two, something short. And uh, we'll wrap this up. Okay. All right. Rapid fire number one. What are you most curious about right now outside of the beer program? And I'll go ahead and throw in tea too. What are you most curious out of outside of beer and, and tea? Um, I'm most curious about where I'm going to be, um, mentally, spiritually, physically in May, in, in May, after I finish with this program, um, where, where am I going to be? You know, am I worrying about that right now? No, I'm just seeking and taking it day by day. But those are some things that I wonder um, about is, is where am I, where am I going to be, um, once this program is finished? Proudest achievement so far outside of your brewing career man to be to be humble enough to to listen to people when they tell me something and what i mean by that is uh, when somebody tells you that they see greatness in you believe it and go out there and, and find and find what they see in you mm. um that's I can honestly say that's that's also what's helped me along this journey is is um, knowing when someone else sees something in you, how and it and it changes how you look at yourself, you know. So now I know what I'm able to do and what I will do. So with that said, what is the biggest goal not yet achieved? Oh man! Oh, you know what? Okay, the most immediate one is graduating from the brewing science program. Boom! There we go. <laughs> oh, let's get there and then we'll we'll ask on the follow-up interview the next one okay, okay. uh so get to get to that goal and maybe you know whatever big goal you have after this uh what's a daily habit that you stick to that that really helps you day to day something you do every day make my bed why do you do that because making your bed it creates a sense of a sense of accomplishment the first thing in the morning, right? So people say, "Man, I haven't done anything today." Well, you can say, "At least I made my bed," you know. <laughs> that, that way, when you get back home, you get to unmake it and you get to jump into something that you made, you know, from that that first step. Because you're just that's how it is. You're programmed like that, and that that's one of those nuances. And I can honestly say, my my mom, dad always told me, make your bed, make your bed, make your bed. But until I got older, I realized the the accomplishment of making your bed, you know, that was more than just getting up and making your bed. But that was showing you that you did have the mental fortitude to stay on track and accomplish making your bed. No matter how early you woke up, no matter how late you woke up, that bed has to be made. So, so definitely, man, that's one of the most important things to me is uh, waking up in the morning and accomplishing that. The first thing is making your bed. But like I said, that's after that's after devotion. That's after your prayers. That's that's after all of that. So so that's one of the most major accomplishments that I do is to to get to get my day started. Do you have any hobbies that are outside of what we've been talking about today that folks might not know? Um, I love to. um take pictures. I love photography, um, whether it's landscape, people, candid moments, um, just different opportunities, man. I love being able to capture the instance of, um, of everything. 
you know, um, in my class, I'm the one that goes around and shoots photography, shoot photos of all of my classmates, um, candid photos. So I share with them, each, each of my classmates have a minimum of 200 photos that I've shot of them brewing or them doing something in class, you know, and they wow. see it. And they're like, man, you did this? I'm like, you know, man, because that's what it is, man. It's serving people and it's just giving them, giving them what they've done to me, you know, yeah. just giving them a little bit back. That's one of those things. If someone in a group can take pictures, not everyone's cut out for it, not everyone likes it, but if someone likes to do that and can do that, that is, those are priceless pictures when you look back on that, this program 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now. People people that you'll never hear from again are going to be so thankful you did that. So thankful. I can totally – there's people in my group that have done that, and I'm like, dang, I'm so glad they took that step and did this. What a great gift to be able to give people uh, because it, it triggers uh, memories. It brings things up that you wouldn't have – you would have forgotten otherwise. That's an awesome thing. That is, I love that. And, and the thing and the thing also, man, I, I like to share uh, this story, too, because I think that when you're taking pictures um, and you're sharing those moments with people, like you said, they're able to look back at that and see where they've come from, see where they're going, see those things that they went through, but then say, man, I was still smiling throughout that, you know, and, and that's um, that's something I was just talking to a gentleman today, man. And that's something that um, that being a kid and just the way I was raised, it was always even though I'm going through issues uh, or whatever it is, I can still be happy about it, you know? Um, Cause I know at the end of the day where I'm going to be on May 31st, if God allows me to be here, you know, I'm going to be walking across the stage and get my certificate, the brewing science program, you know? So always having a, a positive outlook on life and just, just keep it moving, man. That's what, that's what I love to say. Just keep it, just keep it moving, man. But I move at a Texas speed. <laughs> I'm moving Texas speed, baby, but I'm loving up here. I love the aggression um, that's up here in the 13 colonies, how everybody is just like, everybody's on edge all the time. And now, so is, is Texas speed slower, right? Very much so. Okay. I was just making sure I understood. I figured because, yeah, the, the the New England pace is, is quick, man. They, 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 they like to get stuff done. I mean, if you don't if you don't go through the stop to the stop to the stoplight after it turns green within five seconds, they honking a horn at you. I mean, the person that's five cars back, everybody's on the horn. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I know at Athletic we got a, quite an assortment of beers. Of the ones you've been able to try, which one has been your favorite? Cerveza Athletica. Yes. Hey. I, I can I can walk around and drink that all day. I can go to bed on that. I can shower with that beer. <laughs> hey, I've, I've done it. Shower beers, great shower beers, man. Uh, hey, that's a great shower beer because you're still alert after you get out the shower. Alert. Yeah, you definitely still alert. Uh, so on every can of beer, it says "Brew Without Compromise," and we believe on this show and, and in Athletic that to you know, to, to do something different, to do something, go against the grain, restart your career, jump into something totally new, move to a place you've never been, start a brewery that doesn't have alcohol. Uh, to do something different, it takes doing it without compromise, doing it excellently, doing it as well as you possibly can. Uh, but you don't just do that thing. You got to have to live that way. The whole Your whole lifestyle has to be without compromise. 
What does it mean to you to live without compromise? Look at yourself in the mirror every day and asking yourself, what are you doing? What are you doing? And are you doing what you need to do? Right? That's that's one thing I realized. I can't compromise with myself up here. Because um, if I compromise with myself up here, I won't be here. I won't be here. I'll be back in Texas. Because on, on top of that, man, I have to, did I get a scholarship from athletics to come up here? Yes. But I still have to pay for me to live up here. I mean, I still have to have a place to stay. I still have to have a cell phone bill. I st- oh, I still have to be able to do everything that I want to do. I still have to eat and everything, you know? So those are the things that I have to that I have to make sure that I make known to myself each and every day is I don't compromise. Being able to serve God the way I need to, that way I can be in alignment with where I need to be as an individual and as a man. You know, that that's the most important thing, man. And um that's the thing with me is um I used to compromise with myself. I used to be like, oh man, it's okay. You didn't do it, it's okay. But that that's not real life. That's not real life because no one, no one, when your bills come due and there's no, there, you don't pay that electric bill, they don't say, you can't go to the switch and compromise with the switch. <laughs> if you didn't pay that bill, that switch ain't coming on. So it ain't no, com- so that, it ain't no compromising, you know? And so I have to let myself know and I have to be nice to myself. I talk, I talk, I talk nice to myself when I need to, you know? Be like, hey, what are you doing? You know, so that's what no compromising um, means to me is is not compromising with myself, deterring me from from what it is that I know that I have to do, you know, and and reverting and being comfortable again, being because I live that comfortable life, you know, I'm not doing what it was that I needed to do. But that's the that's the thing that got me to this point right now is there's no compromising. Um, I even tell my family, you know, I'm like. When I learned who my grandfather was um, and just how great of a man he was and the accomplishments that he that he made, um, <laughs> there, there was no excuse. There's, 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 no, there's no excuse for me now. And so um, was he against beer? Oh God, he hated beer. Would he like non-alcoholic beer? Maybe so. But the thing for him is um, he's a very soft-spoken man, but he was always um, doing something for other people, serving people, you know? And that's one of my things I love to do is serve people and be be that smile that I put on people's face. And so that's the thing. I can't, I can't compromise on that. Going, not going above and beyond the call and serving people. I, I you know, I can't compromise with that. So, so yeah, so, so that's what it is for me, man. It's pushing those limits continually, each and every day. Each and every day, it don't stop. Living without compromise doesn't have an expiration date. Super excited for Rodney and what he's doing over at Sacred Heart University. Can't wait to see what he does. And if you want to try any of the brews mentioned in this episode, Soul Sour, Cerveza, any of our flagships, go to athleticbrewing.com. Find it on store shelves or order right from the website. And until the next episode, keep living without compromise. Without compromise.